Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. How the fuck is everybody doing? I'd like to start off with a little apology. This is coming at you a day late. It is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022, in the year of my butt. All right, listen. Um, yeah, a little late. Apologies all around. But also, let's switch it up from apologies and transition right into thank yous. A little gratitude. Shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. You got a bonus episode coming out today. We also um, had one recently, and you guys are amazing. YouTube subscribers, you guys are the shit. People who follow me on any platform, I love you to death. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Happy hump day. I'm now that guy in the office. I think every office has that guy on Wednesday where it's like, happy hump day. And he says it with a little bit of a, you know, shit-eating grin, as they say. That term, shit-eating grin, it's very accurate to describe that type of grin. But it's also like you wouldn't smile while eating shit. But the type of dude who does a shit-eating grin, he might. Also, that phrase, I say it together so fast, I don't enunciate the G on any of it. I feel like shit-eating, I say. Shit-eating grin. I got to say it slower. But anyhow, like think about the type of dude who has that. You know, we all have that swarmy game show host type of friend where it's like, how we doing? <laughs> you know, that's the type of guy. Say we're in a weird situation. It's like a hostage situation. And it's, but the guy doesn't want money. He's just a psycho fuck, right? It's something from like American Horror Story. He's like, I'll let all of you go if you eat this big plate of shit. And everyone's like, well, we don't want to eat shit. Can we get, he's like, I'll fucking kill you then. It's like, God damn it. All right. Well, I'd rather eat shit than die. So that's where that phrase comes from too. Eat shit and die, right? So hopefully you're thinking, I'll eat this shit. Will it cost me to die? I don't know what's in this shit. I don't know what's in a lot of the fast food I get either, but I got to roll the dice. You know, it's better than a ball to the skull. So you start eating the shit and you're like, this is gross. You're making the worst fit. Right. You're doing that. It's disgusting. But that dude, the dude that's like, <laughs> you know, that guy that everyone's a little bit like, he's okay. He's no one's first text message. You know, if you're, you're getting plans together, he might be eating it and he's grinning a little bit. And you're like, are you fucking enjoying this? You sick fuck. He's like, no, it's fucking horrible. It's like, well, why is your why do you have that little bit of a grin? He's like, dude, I really hate this. It's like, are, I think you're saying you hate it because you know, in society, you're supposed to hate to eat shit. But I think you like it a little bit. And that explains so much about you. That's the discovery you make when you deal with that guy and his shit-eating grin. You know what I mean? All right. I wanted to thank everybody, like I said before. Uh, but the hump day guy, that's where this came from. In my head, I'm like, how the fuck did I get on this? The dude in the office. That's all like, happy hump day. It's hump day. We're getting over the hump. So for those of you who don't know, maybe I've got listeners around the world. In America, I started to refer to Wednesdays as hump day because it's the middle of the work week. All right, you got Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday's the middle. You get over that hump. It's Thursday, Friday. You got the weekend, right? Because a lot of people live for their weekends. They have standard jobs, which is great. Hey, we need those. And a lot of people are very ha happy and satisfied. So no knock there, but they, they work for their weekend and then they get crazy on Friday and Saturday. Maybe they go nuts on Sundays if they're an alcoholic and then they roll back into the week. But that Wednesday hump day, people like to say it because it's like, it sounds like you're going to get some humping done. That should be, that should be a sex day. I think people should institute Wednesday as an actual hump day and we should be open about it. You know, I think everyone around the country, around the world right? The whole world should get on board with this, where if someone texts you on a Wednesday night going, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm 
having sex, dude, it's hump day. I'm, you know, if you're in any kind of relationship, it should be automatic. Dating, married, whatever. Wednesday's the day you you have to have sex. It's not like I have to. Okay, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not a fucking animal. I'm not a creep. But it should be the day that's like widely widely accepted. Wednesdays, we definitely you could have sex every day if you want, or any day. But Wednesday should it should really be Hump Day. You know, like Taco Tuesday. Sometimes there are some families out there, some couples out there. I didn't mean to bring the whole family into it. That's weird. But there are couples out there who are like, hey, it's Tuesday. Tacos, fuck yeah. Friday's pizza. Fish fries during Lent, if you're Catholic. But Wednesday, it should be the same thing. Someone gets home from work on a Wednesday. They look at each other. Maybe one gets home before the other. And they're already nude. They're already naked, just waiting. If you're the dude, you're just sitting on that couch, old Burt Reynolds style, you know? Fucking dick out. Like, you know, kind of lay it out a little bit, right? And then if you're the lady, you could do it all sorts of fun ways, right? You could just be standing there doing the splits, being like, I've been waiting, let's go, it's hump day. And then as a guy, you're like, well, yeah, it's hump day. You get excited, you're taking your socks off before you unlock the door. These are things I think that really would help the world be in more peace. We need more days. We need more reasons to celebrate, more reasons to do anything. Like I'm a big fan of an event. On Monday here, I got to give thank yous out again. I want to thank Stu McVicker, uh, Nicole Gee. Uh, I always say Gee because I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce that. I'm pretty sure it's Goy or Gee. Uh, they put together my buddy Crawley. I think he was part of this event too. Paul Jean, uh, Danny Rocket, who for giving me a ride out there. The whole Club 400 family. Club 400 is uh, a group, but it's also a charity. Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cubs fans. Those of you listening, I'm a big fan of the Chicago Cubs, Major League Baseball team that recently won the World Series in 2016. Going through some tough times right now, but the future's bright. Anyway, he had an event. He has these events where they raise money. They've raised almost $800,000 for charity now. How about that? I can't wait to be there for when they cross the $1 million mark. And um, they have players often at them. And, you know, people come out and the player gets to do like a Q&A. They sign autographs. People get pictures. A lot of drinking, a lot of eating. My birthday was September 21st. This event was September 26th. They got me a birthday cake. So shout out to Stu, Nicole, and whoever else was part of that. You guys are amazing. That was very nice. I remember when I walked in, I saw a birthday cake that said, happy birthday, Joe. And I thought, my birthday was a whole five, six days ago. This, this can't be for me. It's got to be another Joe. It's their birthday today. Nope. It was for me. And it was a lot of fun. And it was a great cake. And my guy, Stu, said, any excuse to have a cake. And I thought, you know what? I fucking like that mindset, buddy. I like that attitude. I think more and more people need to think that way. Any excuse, you know, any excuse to have some kind of celebration, any excuse to have something to look forward to. That's why I used to get bummed about holidays when I got, as I was getting older. I mean, I'm older now, but now I've accepted it. But I remember being, what was that, like 16? I was, I feel like I was in high school, maybe 15. And I remember thinking to myself, wait a minute, if I live to be 80, that means I get 80 Christmases. Christmas is the best day of the year, and I'm only going to get 80 of them? That's dumb. Why are we only celebrating Christmas once a year? So stupid. Greatest day of the year, we do it once? And, I'm, and then I realized, I'm like, well, you can't do it like every month, because then it'll lose, it won't be as special. So then, you know, you get older and you accept the fact that Christmas season is the season, so that's how you kind of view it. But, you know, if you think about it, there are some times where once isn't enough. So I'm not saying we have to do Christmas more often, but we need to do more fun 
things more often. This is my message of today's podcast. Whenever you get a chance to celebrate anything, to go to an event, do it. I don't think you'll ever regret it. I mean, sometimes they'll suck, don't get me wrong, but I just think it's a good mindset to have to be like, yes, let's do that shit. Yeah, let's go to that concert. I don't know that band, but fuck it. Maybe it'll be a good time. And going with a positive attitude. I think going with a positive attitude is huge. You know, going into anything thinking, well, this day is going to suck. Probably going to suck. I know I've said this a million times on the podcast, but I think attitude and mindset are huge. Like going into something, you have to think to yourself, all right. And and even if your heart of heart and your brain is like, I know this is going to be garbage. You got to tell yourself. I'm going to make the fucking best of it. I'm going to find a way to make this shit fun. All right. If there's not going to be fun here naturally, I'm going to, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to fucking figure it out. I'm going to, I'm going to have my fun. And if you can't have your fun, you know what you do? You'd be like, my stomach hurts. You go to the bathroom, take out your phone and you just sit on the potty and fuck around that way. You know what I mean? You you just act like you got a bad tummy ache and you tell them, Hey, I'm going to shit my thighs if I hang out around here too often. I'm going to go to the bathroom. You guys enjoy talking about whatever stupid, horribly boring shit you're talking about. I got to go play on my phone for two hours on some porcelain. Um, This place is gross. I'm going to lay some toilet paper down so I don't get any kind of butt rash. You know, is that the fear people have when they use a public restroom? And that's why we lay paper. We lay paper down, toilet paper, so that we don't get a butt rash, a public butt rash. Is there other kind of skin diseases you could get? You could get ringworm on your cheeks. And and that's why we don't like using public toilets. I When I use a public bathroom, I will lay toilet paper down. You know what? I've had some friends' houses I've gone to where I've thought, I'm going to lay some toilet paper down. And I don't know if that actually protects anything. I, th- I feel like it does. But it's... And I know people are like... I've heard people say, there's like, what are you going to catch? There's no risk. There's no... But it's still your butt skin where other people's butt skin is. It's fucking gross, man. Like, I don't want my butt skin touching other people's butt skins. Because there's no, like, no one washes their butt afterwards. <clears throat> that leads me to this. This is this is something I haven't done in a long time, but I've done in the podcast before where it's, like, dumbest tweet I've ever seen. Here's a really stupid one. All right, this congressman tweeted... Um, I'll get the exact tweet up here for you. I don't want to bullshit you and pretend like I don't want to paraphrase. Why paraphrase, right? All right, here we go. One of the stupidest tweets I've ever seen in my life. This person tweeted. I'm sorry, hold on a second. Yeah, here we go. Paul Joseph Watson at Prison Planet, one of the dumber ones. He shares an article. It says Virgin Atlantic lets male pilots and crew wear skirts to express their true identity. And the funny thing is about it, it's a picture and it's one guy in a skirt. Everyone else is dressed how people dress. The pilots are wearing suits. The, the female pilots are wearing skirts or, you know, it's whatever. It's not like this is something that's here, here's what they said. I guarantee you the people at Virgin's corporate offices were like, hey, we have someone who, who male employee doesn't like dressing in the male employee uniform we got. Why not just let them dress how they want to dress? And everyone else is like, yeah, fine. Who cares? So a small percentage of their employees were like, yeah, cool. This guy makes it a thing to try to get clout. That's what these people do. They they sit on the internet looking for, and and, and it's like that with a lot of shit, right? Like even the, the Little Mermaid being uh, played by a black actress for the live remake that they're going to do or for the 
live action. That's what they call when they use real people instead of cartoons. No one really gives a shit. Seriously. I'm sure there are people. I'm sure there's a dozen or so jerk off racists who have nothing better to do with their lives to be like a black Marmite. What the fuck? And again, sorry to my Southern listeners that I use that voice, but it's just too good a voice not to use for it. So that's just one of those things, you know, um, right? Like when people do an impression of a drunk guy and they use an Irish accent, even though my, I have a Chicago accent, I still feel that a little bit. It doesn't bother me. I know it's the perfect accent to use if you're going to do a stereotypical drunk guy, like top of the fucking morning to you, like that kind of shit. I get it. You know, I get using that voice. Just like you need to get me using the voice of what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, that Cletus Slackjaw yokel thing. I, I could use, there's plenty of Northern racist people I know. I know more Northern racist people, but again, that accent, it's, it's too good. It's a chef's kiss to do a racist person. It's too perfect an accent not to use. So here's what Paul Joseph Watson said. Looks like a real drip from his profile picture. He goes, pretty bigoted how they're still maintaining male and female toilets on the plane. I want to see the shit show of gender neutral bathrooms unfold at 30,000 feet. I'm going to repeat that because I really want it to stick. Pretty bigoted how they still are maintaining male and female toilets on the plane. I want to see the shit show of gender-neutral bathrooms unfold at 30,000 feet. And the dude who retweeted, who I originally saw, Adam Smith, at Adam Smith, he says, I don't think this dude's ever been on a plane before. And I agree. This guy, when I read it, I thought, this dude's never been on a plane. In what world is he? Is, are planes multi-people? Like, what a fuck? If he was trying to say at the airport, maybe. But planes are all single stall. It's, it's so tight in there. You know what I mean? They're, this idea, they're all gender neutral bathrooms. I've never been on a plane where I've walked up to the bathroom and there's a sign that says female. And I'm like, oh, fuck, well, where's the male one? On the other side of the plane. All right, well, let me they don't work that way, you dipshit. And that made me think, you know, I was starting this by talking about laying toilet paper down in public bathrooms. First of all, if you used to take a shit on a plane, that's a day you'll never forget in your life, huh? But I just think all bathrooms should be gender neutral and one person. That's right. Yeah, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, how did that's, there's a lot of places that are just, you walk in and there's seven stalls. We turn each stall to a door, locked door. That's how we're doing it. Right? We try to expand them a little bit to give yourself a little elbow room in there. But I would like it that way, you know? And even it's even better when you could get a sink in there too. Because then, like I said before, you're at a bad party, you're bored out of your mind. You go to the bathroom just to kill time on your phone. Think about how much more cozy it is if it's just you in a room by yourself. That would be nice. You know, you could you could do a lot in there, right? So you're feeling all, you're feeling like, ah, oh, god damn it, I'm, I feel so like claustrophobic. You take your shirt off. George Costanza and Seinfeld used to do that. Take your shirt off, you hang it up, kind of stretch out a little bit, right? Maybe you got some bad pits. You, you forgot to put deodorant on that day. You're running late, you ran out the door. You go in there, you kind of do like a little chicken flap thing with your arms to air out your armpits a little bit. And there's, if there's a sink and some soap, you, you dab up your armpits, you get some, you get them a little wet and you get the soap. It's hand soap, but it's better than nothing. You'd much rather wash your stinky armpits in a public situation with hand soap to try to cover up your BO stink than to just, they do nothing. Doing nothing is not an option. You got to do something. So you air it out, right? You flap the arms, you get the breeze going, try to get the stink out of, out of that tight area of your of your armpit right it's literally a pit then you you water it up a little bit like water even water by itself does enough to kind of redirect the smell a little bit kind of like pushes it into the air and gets it out of there 
Um, once once it, the water dries down, though, the snow will resurface. That's where you try to get the soap. You get some paper towels going to really soak up the sweat initially. I should have said this part first. And then you wash. Then you get a new set of paper towels to kind of dry yourself, though. But you're drying the soap into your skin. That's something you could only do in a bathroom that's unto yourself. I should These should be called solo bathrooms. That should be a new thing that we institute worldwide. We should all get on board with this. Any new construction, solo bathrooms. I think it's just a good way to go. You know, say you're stressed out. Say you're on a first date and you're all stressed out. You could go in there, take care of you have a little you, you time, you know, rub one out, which by the way, that works. That expression works for all genders. All genders have to have a release. And then you go back on the first date and, and they know, they know, and they were, they appreciate it. Cause that means you want to show up at your best for this date. It's an effort thing. If I were single and I were going on a first date and I could tell the date was a little nervous and she was like, I just have to go to the bathroom real quick to freshen up. Maybe that's what women mean. Anyway, but she goes to the bathroom to freshen up and she comes out and I could tell she's like, are we getting appetizers? Like you could tell she's got a little bit more of a pep to her step. And I know, and she looks at me and I know that she went into the solo bathroom to have some solo time, you know? And I, I would appreciate that because it's like, that's an effort. She's, she's putting effort and she wants the date to go well. You know, if she's taking the time to do that, she wants to be in a more relaxed state of mind that way we could have a better date and we're, we're and then hopefully we all get dessert all right so speaking of bathrooms the bathrooms at the gutter in brooklyn in the greenpoint neighborhood of brooklyn where i am filming my fourth hour special uh what will this one be released on don't know yet don't know yet we're filming it i got james webb um the best dude in the world uh, love this guy. He directed Sam Morell's special, which you can catch on Netflix right now. And he is in demand. So I'm very lucky that I was able to get him to do this. Uh, we're filming it Saturday, October 1st. If you're in New York or anywhere in the East Coast, get your ass to the gutter. The gutter has the bathrooms I was previously talking about where it's you're just in there by yourself. And then when you come out, they've got a bunch of sinks. So everyone's kind of washing their hands together, which I think is kind of cool. That, it's a cool bar thing, I think. I remember last time I was there, I saw a couple... They weren't a couple, but you could tell they were flirting earlier in the night. And the guy was washing his hand and the girl came out of the bathroom. She's like, oh, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And then they were washing their hands at the same sink. And I thought, hmm, those two are going to fuck, right? Like, that's what I remember thinking to myself. You know, I hope they did. I didn't follow up with them. You ever see that? You ever see a couple where they're flirting with each other and you're thinking, I hope those two make it happen tonight. But we don't know. I want the update. I want to find out. One of these days, I'm going to go up to a, I'll approach the dude. If I approach the woman, it's too weird. I'll say to the dude, I'm like, hey, man, notice you're talking to this girl off. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, how's it going so far? And he goes, pretty good, pretty good. I'm like, dude, you got a little more confidence than that. All right. I I, I think, you look, she went to the bathroom real quick. You're still in the game. I want you to pump yourself up a little bit, man. Tell yourself this is your fucking night, man. Let's get some improve the self-talk. Feel good. Listen more, man. I, I'm watching from a distance. I'm seeing your gums flapping way too much, buddy. Ask her about her and listen and follow up questions, Okay. Every dude she's talked to in her life probably talks more about himself and doesn't give a fuck about her. You need to switch. And this switch right now is your best chance, man, because it'll show you're a full person. She got to know you, and now you are redirecting it towards her. Because in the beginning, she was probably thinking, hmm, someone likes to talk. And now you're changing it up. And now she's thinking, then, then she feels guilty for judging you too quickly. She's like, oh, I rushed to judgment. I shouldn't do that. I don't want to be that person. I would hate it if a guy did that to me. So now, all right, I'm going to get out of here because I think, I think I see her coming. All right, I'm going to get out of here real quick. 
here's my fucking number, right? I just want an update. I just want to know how you did. And be honest either way, man. If, it, if you didn't close and you end up fucking up the night, just let me know. I just want to know. I'm not, we'll never see each other again. I'm just, I'm too, I'm invested, man. You understand? I don't want a cliffhanger here. I don't want to know what happens. I mean, I want to know what happens at the episode, but I don't want to be left hanging. All right. And, and I'm in, look, I'm from Chicago. I'm in New York for just a minute. I'm flying out tomorrow. I get, but just send me a text. Thumbs up emoji work. Emojis work. You don't even have to give me fucking play by play. All right. Just, I want to know. That's how I do it. All right. So I am very pumped up for this. I was a little stressed about some logistical stuff, but that's out of the way now. And I'm going to kick some dicks in. Going to fucking, it's going to be amazing. I've got Mike Leibovitz hosting the thing. One of the funniest dudes around. Um, producer of Community Should Know New York. It is being produced by Community Should Know New York as well as James Webb and his production company. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's again, Saturday, October 1st, shows 8 o'clock show and a 10.30 show. Mike Leibovitz is hosting. Jonah Jerkins is doing a set. Jonah's been on the podcast a million times. Also, Lisa Traeger is doing a set. Been on the podcast a million times. Both amazing comics. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm just, I'm very, very excited for it. Got a lot of emotions going into it. This one, I'm talking about like some heavier subject matter. Um, it's called Good Grief, which a lot of you have been following the podcast know the grief part is in reference to how this last year has played out for me. Um, you know, my dad, who was my hero, uh, died unexpectedly at the end of January of this past year. And I'm still, you know, dealing with that a lot of ways, you know, good days, bad days, and even good days are just like trying to focus on the positive stuff. And, you know, remember all the great, so many great times. Uh, and so the ending of this hour is a tribute, a tribute to him. Uh, now I did say, I didn't really finish this, but, uh, I don't, eventually this will be on YouTube, but James and I are hoping to pitch it around and hopefully sell it to a platform. Um, I don't know which one, uh, I'm not going to say yes to anyone. It's gotta be a smart deal. And, uh, so yeah. And then as long as I maintain ownership of it, right. I did write the jokes and put a lot of my heart into it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get out there. That's really what the, what the thing is. And obviously YouTube is a great way to get things out there. YouTube's what the second biggest website on the planet next to Google. But, um, yeah, I feel like with the production value we're putting in and all that kind of stuff, it would, it would be nice to have a little bit of, uh, just watch it here at this time and hopefully more discovery and then it'll eventually be on YouTube. So then I'll have that Avenue as well. Cause that's important, right? <clears throat> All right, excuse me. All right, let me do a little recap in my head here. We talked about going to the bathroom. Uh, we talked about the idiot who doesn't understand how airplane bathrooms work. Um, there's a lot of people who don't understand how things work. I keep seeing this one where it's like the United States government has seized over 600 pounds of drugs at the border. But yeah, go ahead, Joe Biden. Tell me we don't have a border problem. And I'm like, you said seized. That means it was, they were caught, right? It's like saying we, we caught... 50 kids trying to ditch school and the parents are like these kids won't stop ditching school it's like no we caught them trying they didn't actually ditch they were trying to and then we stop all right you guys are stupid um that's that's just the truth of it I'm, I'm finding more and more people don't know what things mean i know i started by saying like focus on positive and just like oh man i had a thing where i was driving today and my three-year-old son says the word idiot a lot because he hears me call people idiot because I couldn't, I had to stop swearing in the car in front of him. So I switched it to the word idiot. And now he says it a lot, but dude, we got to be better. We got to be better out there. 
I mean, come on. Like, when people need to look ahead, if you see someone trying to get into a lane and you look ahead a block down and you see a red light, let the fucking person in. Because all you're doing at that point is you're speeding up to stop. I have a block, like half a block by me. So when I'm trying to turn, I'm coming out onto the, like I'm approaching the busy street, but I'm coming off like a side street and it's half a block to the light. So it's easy to turn right, but trying to cross the street or go left is damn near impossible. And it's only impossible because the people who drive are assholes. That simple. They are absolute selfish jerks who the number of times, sometimes I start to creep out and then they look at me like I'm the bad guy. And I literally rolled down the window and go, it's red. Where are you going to go? Where are you going? You're going nowhere. I'm going to force myself in because if you were just a decent enough person, you would have saw, oh, this guy's trying to get in to cross to the other side of the street or to turn left. I've got nowhere to go. So you stop your car. Not hard. Not hard to do. All right. I don't want to be one of those people that bitches about driving and traffic. So I'm going to slide away from that. Um, yeah, I'm pumped up about New York, everybody. I am um, flying out Thursday. I think I'm going to pop on one show Thursday night in New York. Uh, which is tomorrow, and then Friday, no, nothing. I'm, I mean, I'm going to hang out and have some fun, but I'm not performing. I've been doing this for everyone I've done, where I don't perform the day before the filming or recording, what do you wanna, whatever you want to call it. And that's, I got that from, I heard Pat Oswald, like on a podcast, or maybe I read an article, and he talked about getting ready for one of his, like, I don't know if it's the second or third, or who knows, and his manager came out to watch him. And this was like a two or three days before the big filming. And after the set, he went up to his manager going, what do you, what do you think, right? And he's just like, what what you shows the next two nights? And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, cancel them. <laughs> I don't know if it was maybe two days out, but whatever it was, he said, cancel the show before the show. And he's just like, why? I'm sure, you know, you want to be as you want to run it as much as possible, be prepared as much as possible. And he said to him, he goes, I saw this two weeks ago, and it was better than what I just saw tonight. And he's like, I don't, he goes, You are stiff. You're going through the motions. You've performed this hour so many times that you're now robotic while doing it. You're not fresh. There's no pep to your step. There's just there's something is off. Yes, you got big laughs tonight because the jokes themselves are funny. But this is not going to live on film the way you want it to because you essentially run it and your brain into the ground, finely tuning and crafting everything. He goes, I want you to take the next night off. It might have been the next two nights off. Clear your head. You've got this. This thing is ready. It's ready to go and it's great. But I want you to go into Saturday night fresh. Take the night off. Go watch some movies. Just think about anything but the set and comedy. Saturday night you arrive at the, the venue, you will be ready to rock. Trust me on this. And I don't know the name of that manager. I wish I did. I wish I could cross paths and I would love to, for them to manage me. But I remember thinking that is good manager. That is smart. And Patton said, you know, I did that and it ended up being great. And I think he says now he does that for everyone. And I heard that and I thought, perfect. Now it worked out for the first recording I ever did because I was recording on December 26th and 27th. So obviously there's no shows on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but it just worked out where like those were the nights we were going to do it. And we were doing three. So I remember saying to myself, we're doing th three shows. We did one on the Friday, two on the Saturday. It's going to be great. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the same thing with the other ones I've done. Um, 
I take the night off before and you just kind of relax yourself a little bit. You know, you know it. Running it one or two more times beforehand, it's not going to do anything. If anything, it could hurt your confidence. That's the one thing as a comedian sometimes is I almost had that recently where I did a, the set I've been doing and it, it the jokes did fine. But then I had to remind myself, all right, look at this room. This room is not set up for comedy. Everything about this room says nobody should ever run a stand-up comedy show here. Massive round tables where like the people sitting at a table are all five feet apart. Like tables you'd see at a wedding. 29-foot ceilings, like just huge where like the laughter just goes up into the air and dies. Um, the close to the front row was like 30 feet from the stage. They had like a fucking dance floor in between the stage and where people were seated. The sound system was bad. It was real shoddy. And I remember I had to tell myself afterwards, I'm like, listen, this is not, this is not say anything about the hour you're going to do. You know, this thing is going to be great. You've tested these jokes. It's ready. It's fucking ready to go. And I hope you guys all love it when it comes out. I really do. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. That's been the episode for this week. Now that once I'm done recording this, I'll give you the next week's episode. I'll be able to recap the special, tell you how it went, tell you about the trip to New York. And I'll be back to having guests on in October. Um, I've been so busy running around like crazy. Also trying to get healthy. You guys can tell I'm still slightly congested, but I'm much better than I was the last couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, so October, a weight will be off my shoulders essentially because I've got another thing I'm going to focus on, but it's going to be a much more relaxed approach. So I'll be able to do some more fun stuff on this podcast, which will include having some guests back. And I got some idea for some YouTube videos I want to do, um, like a series of fun stuff. And I hope you're along for the ride. All right, you guys are amazing. Thank you for listening to the Joe Kill Gallon podcast. Cheers.